Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, you know, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, folks. Do you know that today is National Coffee Day? And when I go out for a coffee with my friend, I only take my coffee with cream, no sugar, because she's that darn sweet. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of Coburg. She is Tamara Ugolini. How you doing there, Tamara? Well, I'm doing even sweeter now, David. Thank you for your <laughs> kind words, as always. I was looking for my coffee mug, but I think I've drank too much already today. Um, so that's every day for me is National Coffee Day because motherhood and working life. You, you know, it's funny, uh, Tamara, um, on National Coffee Day, Tim Hortons has given us another reason to hate them in addition to the vaccine apartheid at their summer camps that you reported on so brilliantly. Um, they've launched a new fashion line. Folks, it's hideous. Uh, they've built in these little pockets uh, for you to put your sandwich or whatnot um, it looks like a jogging suit, but there's no jogging required. I think that might be a big part of the problem as we tackle the obesity issue in Canada. But how about this, Tamara? How about Tim Horns? You know, you get back to basics, you know, what's on the menu. How about bringing back the uh, blueberry fritter that you got rid of for no reason? How about baking the donuts fresh in the store instead of those frozen pucks that you thaw out every day? I mean, enough with the gimmicks, enough with the Justin Bieber and the Tim Biebs and all that. Um, concentrate on the food and beverage and then we'll be happy. And by the way, revoke that outrageous vaccination policy. Then we can start being Tim Hortons fans again. Oh, and don't delete ads uh, promoting the Canadian oil sands. I forgot about that from about three years ago. Uh, that is my uh, Tim Hortons rant on this uh, Tamara National Coffee Day. Well, it's no longer Tim Hortons, right? We know that it's now owned by, I think it's Brazilian oligarch uh, Burger King at all. That's right. And it's amazing. It's I because Burger King is out of Miami, but the Brazilian company that owns, I think it's Burger King, Popeye's, Tim Hortons. For tax reasons, they're based in Toronto. <laughs> and it's, it's too complicated for me to figure out. But I wonder if... Um, Tim Horton, one of the best NHL players of all time who co-founded the chain with Ron Joyce, the uh, former police officer in Hamilton. If he could see what's become of his uh, Tim Hortons, I mean, I'm sure he'd be so impressed at how huge it's grown, not only in Canada, but in the United States. But in terms of the direction, in terms of the wokeness, in terms of the vaccine apartheid policies, I don't think Tim Horton would be down with that revolution. Oh, and one more thing. Will you kindly add the apostrophe again like you used to have in your sign? It's not Tim Hortons without an apostrophe. Because his name wasn't Hortons, it was Horton. So if it's Hortons, it's apostrophe S. That's just me. I kind of like good grammar. Okay, Tamara? 
All right, we've gotten the grammar police out of the way. Let me just tell our viewers, if they're just tuning in, they're probably wondering what the heck is going on here. So welcome to our daily live stream. Obviously today it's uh, David Menzies and myself, Tamara Ugolini. Uh, we're streaming live on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and Getter, and I think Twitter as well. We've added that in sometimes, oh. so we may be on Twitter as well. Um, on Rumble, you can pitch in a small monetary donations right on rumble and uh odyssey you can pitch in a small monetary donation and engage with us directly throughout the live stream so we've limited that to five dollars and up we'll show the dollar chats on screen but we won't always respond to them because it just gets so clogged we have so much to get through that we're finding we were spending a lot of time on those little dollar chats so we're going to focus on the $5 chats and up and on Rumble, you can do that through a Rumble rant and then Odyssey, you can engage with us through what is called a hyper chat. And I think there's a portion of this live stream. So if you're watching us, watching us on YouTube, unfortunately, we can't get into the nitty gritty of questioning the COVID science. And so I believe toward the end, we have some topics that may get into the weedy territory with questioning the science and unfortunately that contradicts the ministry of truth at youtube and their community standards so we will have to get off of the youtube platform and then you can join us on those other platforms rumble odyssey getter and i believe twitter as well so we'll give you a fair warning if and when that happens so that you can hop off and join us and we have a lot of topics to get through david including it being national coffee day i always appreciate <laughs> you informing me which day we have today um, you never fail to surprise me with, you know, yeah. with well, your you know, comments. I, I mean, Tamara, it, it, it's a shame that we can't talk about uh, as openly as we can about the uh, COVID nonsense because, you know, folks, there is no reporter in our great dominion that is doing better reporting on this, getting to the nub of the matter, the crux of the matter, getting to the real truth than Tamara Ugolini. She is just knocking it out of the ballpark. She is giving you the stuff the mainstream media uh, will not cover, uh, will lie about, actually. And it, it's just a shame that uh, YouTube's rules are such that, uh, well, it, it's perversely ironic, YouTube being based in the land of the First Amendment, you know, all that free speech. No, no, no. You can't question the narrative. So that is a shame indeed. But what we can still question <clears throat> At the risk of being deemed mentally ill, because if you're a climate change denier, I don't know if you saw that story last week, folks, or you, Tamara, um, those who question climate change um, have been likened to those suffering from mental illness. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. But the latest story is adapting to change faster will save Canada billions, new analysis shows. Um Tamara, did the CBC get that headline right? Because I'm thinking adapting to climate change faster will cost Canadians billions rather than save. What's going on? What is the unspoken strategy with this analysis on climate change? Well, again, I wonder about the analysis if it's just more faulty modeling that, you know, we've seen throughout the COVID narrative that was relied on so heavily to predict the future and inform really bad policy as we see, you know, we can look back into the looking glass now and just see how devastating some of these policies based on faulty predictions were. So I wonder what this analysis really is, if, if it's a modeling prediction or how they come up with these 
um, this this science, the climate science that they're alleging. But basically, yeah, the article is saying that you know you have to make investments now up front to, I, I guess, try to save money later. Mm. Um, the whole thing says here, I guess it's about three quarters of the way down, they say, if we do nothing more to adapt in anticipation of more severe weather, the economy will take a $25 billion hit in 2025, rising to between $78 billion and then 101 billion by 2050. And so I, I'm not sure where exactly it says it in the article, but basically, oh, right at the at the toward the end, adaptation can include seawalls to protect low-lying communities, laying down temperature resistant asphalt, or upgrading or burying critical power lines. I mean, I, I don't disagree with some of the merit of what they're saying here, but it always comes back down to me. And you've covered this uh, at some of these protests recently, David. Yeah. Are they conflating climate with weather? Of course they are. Um, you are speaking of the last uh, climate change protest, which was at Queen's Park in Toronto. It's uh, seven young ladies. Uh, I think it's almost like a beauty competition for them to become Canada's uh, Greta Thunberg. That's what it Wait, seems like. I bet you there's a I lot of- I think you of... assumed a gender there. Just don't, <clears throat> there was six and a genderless one, I think. Oh, that's right. There uh, A two-spirited one that uses the they, them uh, pronoun. So and <clears throat> in one respect, she has uh, one-upped uh, Greta Thunberg. I can almost hear the cascades of how dare you. But we went to Queen's Park. We covered that. Pro I, I don't know if we can- throw to a clip of that because what was unique about this protest is these seven youngsters are going to court against Ontario for their so-called reckless attitude toward climate change. Uh, it's a no hope or lawsuit. Uh, I'm not even sure of the status. It might have already been heard or thrown out. But the thing is, once again, Tamara, because uh, we question the narrative uh, they will not talk to Rebel News. In fact, they tried to intimidate uh, me and my cameraman that day um, by getting literally right up close to us. I, so I guess we know that COVID is over because so much for social distancing. There was one guy, he was so close to me, uh, if I stuck out my tongue half a millimeter, uh, we'd be kissing. And I certainly don't want that to happen. And again, Tamara, it speaks to the point that if you can't articulate your position at a demonstration for the public where you're hoping to get media coverage, it really isn't much of a point you're trying to hammer home in the first place. But they're happy to talk to the Toronto Star. And one of the plaintiffs, I believe she was 15, her impetus for going ahead with this lawsuit was, you remember that big wind event in um, southern Ontario uh, back in, I think it was May, Tamara, uh, where there was considerable damage, some trees fell, shingles blown off rooms, uh, off roofs rather. And her quote, I'm paraphrasing, she said she was in traffic and she saw a big oak tree just fall down. And then she turned around and then behind her, she saw another oak tree just fall down. And that's when I knew climate change is real. Oh, well, of course, that speaks to your point. No, 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 that's a severe weather event. That's not climate. Climate and weather are not interchangeable. We only have accurate weather records, for that matter, 
going back about 300 years, Tamara, whereas this planet is billions of years old. So what I'm saying is that in a geological timeline, 300 years, three centuries is not even a blink of an eyelash on the timeline. And we're talking when we go back hundreds of millions ago, uh, Tamara, there were the dinosaurs. Um, there were no homo sapiens around at that time. I believe there's been five mass extinctions that have occurred on the planet before there were, oh, I don't know, SUVs and skidoos and whatnot. So maybe there's something more at play when it comes to climate change. Maybe it's not man-made. Maybe it's uh, uh, solar-related. Maybe it's the nature of the planet itself. Uh, that's why I discount these arguments. If we're the ones killing the planet, what happened during those past five mass extinctions in our planet's history? Well, that's exactly it. And maybe the powers that be are saying, hey, you know what, this world is getting way too out of hand and it's time for another mass extinction. I always wonder if we're just on that path regardless and with all this new wokeism and this climate activism and the fact that apparently increasing carbon taxes and getting the little guy, all the Canadians in their pocketbooks will somehow stop severe weather events and the climate. Well, that's exactly it. The headline, uh, Tamara, <clears throat> adapting to climate change faster will save Canadian billions. And they're talking, you went through the, you know, the the itinerary, um, you know, walls to prevent waves from crashing into the mainland, uh, the asphalt altered to, um, you know, endure uh, extreme heat, etc. <clears throat> but wait a minute. So that costs money. That costs billions of dollars. So... We're going to spend billions to save billions? <laughs> Isn't that a zero-sum game at best, Tamara? The whole article, I was, you know, you're trying to make sense of it and going, okay, how did you come to this conclusion that you can spend billions now to save billions later? But what if you actually don't need to save those billions later because you planned for all of these things that never actually came to fruition or weren't as severe as the modeling predicted as we've seen like i said already throughout the last two years this these this faulty modeling never came to fruition and we've seen that repeatedly also with the climate alarmism yep. like the first paragraph here in this article says canadians will see lower incomes and a choice between higher taxes or fewer government services if there isn't more effort to adapt to the changing climate a new report from the Canadian Climate Institute warns. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this sentence and it seems like a bit of a threat, right? Get serious about climate change or else you'll see lower incomes and a choice between higher taxes or fewer government services. Um, Tamara, is it really that much of a downside to have fewer government services? I mean, look at the right. aftermath of Hurricane Fiona that you know, hit Atlantic Canada extremely hard. And what did we get on Twitter last week from the Department of Fisheries and Oceans? A stern warning telling uh, Atlantic Canadians that if any wayward, unauthorized lobsters show up on shore, you are strictly prohibitive uh, from harvesting them. In other words, do your civic duty 
and go hungry in the dark uh, while we figure things out, uh, such as getting relief teams from the U.S. into uh, the Maritimes in Newfoundland. Oh, but so sorry for the delay because they're being held up at the airport due to arrive can issues. Give me a break. Government is an impediment. I mean, almost it's almost an oxymoron. Government services. Yeah, the amount of red tape in place, especially by this liberal government, is just absolutely absurd. And it's holding up Canadians instead of doing what I, I suppose under the guise that their intention is to make things safer and more convenient. It's doing the exact opposite. So when they say fewer government services, I'm actually sitting back and going, okay, I could deal with fewer government services and you know, let's, let's deflate the bloated bureaucracy and put some of those taxes to better use. I mean, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed just had a report out last night about the electric vehicles, or sorry, maybe that's coming out later today, but about the, the, the way that the Liberal government has wasted funding toward electric vehicle charging stations. So stay tuned. Actually, I think that'll be coming out later today. Yeah. So stay tuned for that report. But it just shows the gross, and I, don't, I don't even want to say negligence, but just the way that the government has you know, been spending unabated to virtue signal these initiatives, which actually end up not making any sense and never going to any sort of use that will will prevent climate and weather. And again, they're just conflating those two words. And who's to say that if you build a seawall, that's going to prevent flooding? Yeah. Maybe the flood never comes, or maybe it's more than was what was built for. Um, spending now to save later in this capacity just seems hugely hypocritical and oxymoronic. And, you know, Tamara, on that note of Sheila's upcoming report of putting EV stations uh, essentially in areas that are inaccessible to automobiles, I have a small example of government incompetence when it comes to that. I think I reported on this about a year ago or so. At City Hall in Toronto, Nathan Phillips Square, there's a huge underground parking lot there are three green charging parking spaces. So if you have a, a, a green plate and you need to um, plug in your uh, electric vehicle or plug in hybrid, there are three spaces. Oh, that's jolly. Guess what, Tamara? There's only two chargers. I mean, this is the extent of government incompetence. Could you imagine that happening in the private sector? They set three spaces aside, but there's only two chargers. So that third space is useless, much like many of the bureaucrats in the Twin Towers at uh, Nathan Phillips Square themselves. Unbelievable. And I think we have another story coming up. Maybe this is related to climate change. Maybe it isn't. But before we get to it, um, we have a commercial. So folks, Check out this, and we'll be right back. My mug? I know. It's pretty cool. So is this hoodie I got on, and you could have it on too if you check out our special website at rebelnewsstore.com. That's where you can see Freedom Focus hoodies that we have for you, beanies, cell phone cases, you name it, all while supporting our journalism where we fight to bring you the other side of the story as opposed to, you know, being forced by the Trudeau government to fund leftist media out of your taxes. The truth is, without you and your generosity, there is no rebel news. So again, if you like the reports that we bring you and that we also fight 
for freedoms in Canada, please consider doing some shopping, picking up some swag at rebelnewsstore.com. We appreciate your support. There you go. Our beloved colleague, Drea Humphrey, looking so resplendent. And another Rebel News Store um, item here. Freedom isn't free. I think that's one of our top sellers. It's a, it's a good shirt. And we have new swag coming out soon uh, as well. So always stay up to date by just heading up rebelnewsstore.com. I think we'll have some new uh, codes as well for discounts in the upcoming, the days to come. Um, we were going to touch briefly with the climate change alarmism and you know inflation and the taxing to help offset carbon emission <laughs> i guess is the is the goal what they're dealing with in australia yeah. um where they're skipping showers and meals just to try to stay afloat because of the cost of living crisis so i think here it says that the uh welfare payments must be increased to help Australians struggling to survive the cost of living crisis, according to the Australian Council of Social Services, mm. people were skipping showers to save on water and even skipping meals in order to pay rent. And this isn't an anonymous, an anonymous, an anonymous, I can't say the word right now, David, an anonymous, <laughs> I still can't say it. <laughs> anonym, I thought you continued anonym, to str struggle. Anomaly. An anomaly. Thank you. Anomaly. <laughs> Thank you. I guess no. I had too much coffee. I'm just getting so excited here on National Coffee Day that I can't even <laughs> pronounce words. But, you know, Tamara, I find this to be an extremely sad story. Um, you know, I've always maintained the two most overlooked, underrated luxuries in life are A, getting enough sleep, and B, showering, having a nice hot shower. And believe me, if you deprive enough people of those two luxuries, plus meals, you're going to have really agitated, angry, miserable people. Really, lack of sleep, no shower, cutting back on meals. That's a prescription for rage. And yet, it, it's appalling that people are being put in this position. That You know, the, the headline on yesterday's Toronto Sun, uh, Tamara, was that Food bank usage here in Canada, in mm -hmm. our dominion, has tripled 300%. Just think of that, Tamara. These are Canadians that could waltz into a Sobeys or a Metro uh, in uh, a year ago and pay for their groceries and waltz out. And now they don't have enough money because of the inflation. Uh, and, and here is the added tragedy. I, I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, if there's an Australian angle here, but at least in our backyard, we know that we are landlocking literally trillions of dollars of energy in terms of canceled pipelines, not giving out leases to drill. And this is just so win-win um, in terms of our energy sovereignty and helping out our European allies by sending them liquefied natural gas to protect them from an inflationary rate that is going to be off the charts come this winter, assuming you can get uh, home heating fuel, which is now a worry because of some of the most recent uh, items in the news. But again, this is a failure of leadership. This is despicable that Australians have to skip showers. And I understand it gets pretty hot in Australia. You probably want a shower, um, you know, as, as much as possible when the heat kicks in. 
and meals, um, Tamara, it, it is just despicable. It, it really is. And that's why I say, you know, this isn't exclusive to Australia. This is happening here in Canada and all across North America. And I think really any country that imposed such that heavy handed lockdown of the economy early on in 2020 and all throughout the last two years, um, economists warned back then, you know, this is going to have repercussions and it's going to look like supply chain shortages and inflation. And so here we have the fallout of those failed policies and people, sadly, back in 2020 and even into 2021, were not denouncing them for the repercussions that they were going to have. And so my heart goes out to all the people being negatively affected by this, but also in hindsight, we should have considered that this was going to be the result of those kinds of unprecedented measures taken by the government on really a coordinated and orchestrated global scale. And so I think you see those countries who most strongly impose that onto their countries are the ones who are struggling the most now. And it's not the bureaucrats up in their ivory towers who are struggling. No, it's just the everyday hardworking Canadians who can't keep up with the rising cost of inflation with record amount of taxes. Um, you hear now Canadian mothers and, and especially single mothers and single household families who are like cutting back on the lunch items for their kids going to school. I mean, this is devastating poverty that we're seeing now in first world countries and is very concerning um, that we're, we're living this era of, of inflation um, we do have a super chat here that I just want to get to before we sure. move on. Uh, Annalise, Annalisa, 1964, gives $10. Thank you very much. Oh, you. Hello, Tamara, and a big hello to my sweet Menzies. I've missed all of you. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're sweet to someone else too, Menzies. <laughs> well, Annalisa is a very sweet lady indeed. Uh, maybe one day when I'm in Alberta, uh, I'll, uh, I'll bump into her and thank her personally. But thank you so much for that kind donation. But to add to your point too, Tamara, look to look at our biggest ally. I mean, we've been burdened with the Justin Trudeau liberals since 2015. But go back a year and a half ago when uh, Donald Trump was still the president of the United States. There, You had in America for the first time in 70 years energy self-sufficiency because of fracking. In fact, America was exporting uh, oil, if you can imagine. You had low interest rates still. Inflation was not a thing. Historically low unemployment, including categories such as black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, Asian unemployment, uh, woman unemployment, all low added to the fact that I think the world was a hell of a lot safer place uh, going back a year and a half ago to where it is now. And I mean, I got to say, if you voted Democrat, from what you've seen with the Biden administration, I don't think they could ruin an economy like they have in the United States of America if they had tried to. That's how incompetent and useless they are. I'm sure most reasonable people have buyer's remorse because, again, it comes back to policies, Tamara, in the U.S. case, going from energy self-sufficiency to that bizarre spectacle of Biden on his knees begging OPEC to sell the USA uh, more oil. It's just unbelievable. 
But I think not for the mass amount of the public. They're watching the mainstream media and the mainstream media isn't shedding light or detailing any of this. And they're not providing that context that you would that that we just heard you detail going back to the legacy of what Trump did for the uh, United States economy. They don't get that information from the mainstream media. And sadly, the vast majority of people are still, you know, dedicated true believers that the mainstream media is giving them accurate reporting. And so unless you're a critical thinker, you're seeking out your information from alternative sources, sadly, you are still caught in that echo chamber of not questioning what you're being fed and thinking that these these brave, fearless leaders are acting in your best interest. Um, I think it's going to take really devastating circumstances for people like that to really awaken from their slumber and say, hey, wait a minute, this isn't making sense. And we're starting to see that now with the inflation, with the rising cost of living, many families are really struggling, you know, including Tamara, myself. Yep. No, you, I mean, you we make see a the great... cost of things at yeah. Costco. It is insane. Um, for instance, there's a, a box of cookies there and Costco makes them. And it was like a little treat that we'd buy for the kids. And those box of cookies just quickly used to be $5.99. And then, you know, a month or two ago, it went up to $6.99. I thought, okay, a dollar, whatever. And then last time we were at Costco, it was $9.99. And we didn't buy it often. It was a treat. You know, we don't eat a lot of processed food anyway. But um, it was up to $9.99. And I looked at my kids and I said, sorry, guys. We can't afford that anymore. And Costco, of all chains that you mentioned, uh, Tamara, they are known for superb value. Um, and their their house brand, I always call it like I see it, Kirkland, excellent quality for a good price, or at least it was a great price maybe a year ago. But these are factors out of Costco's um you know, bailiwick to control uh, because of, you know, what we've done uh, in terms of, well, the taxes. If you look at carbon tax, when when we nail farmers and industry and truckers with these costs, they got to be passed along. And we are seeing the end result of that. And, that and, and then you look at interest rates going up, look what that's done to the housing market. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to continue to go up, uh, Tamara. Um, again, it's all the more reason we need regime change. And to speak to your earlier point, you're 100% right. The media in the U.S., and especially in Canada, they've become the propaganda arms of the, the Biden administration and the Trudeau liberals. There's no other way to, to say it. Um, so when they give the message out, people who should know what's going on, they're being shielded from the truth or they're being outright lied to. And Tamara, it's not just the media. I mean, if ever I've seen a president that was so ripe for parody, be it political cartooning or the late night show comedians, it's Joe Biden. But you don't see it. You know, I was in a hotel room uh, the other day, um, ready to crash, turned on the TV. It was Jimmy Kimmel that was on. And his monologue was showing scenes of Donald Trump's hair blowing in the wind when he'd get off a plane or whatever. These are images that were captured from like 2017, 2018. I'm thinking I'm yelling at the TV, 
Buy a calendar. What about this president that's walking around? He doesn't even know what room he's in. He doesn't know what planet he's in in the solar system. But we dare not mock this easily mockable individual for political reasons. It's despicable, Tamara. And we've seen even even comedians are not immune to the cancel culture. So yeah. uh, I think that people are 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 truly scared to be canceled, and so they know the certain toe they have to toe that certain line. And if they go, if they sidestep it or go any way off of that narrative, then they run the risk of being canceled. And that is the unfortunate world that we currently live in. And I mean, look at us. We even have to self censor what we say on YouTube because we risk getting canceled by a platform that we've built a huge following on and don't want to just abandon or leave behind. So in order to stay afloat here, we have to self-censor. I mean, yeah. that is the twilight zone that we are currently living in. And I'm just shocked that this is the country that I knew even five years ago, it's changed so drastically. And I'm not sure how we get back from that. Um, are we starting to see the pendulum swing now under Polyev, who's who and the and the trucker convoy who have made it more socially acceptable to start to speak out with your real opinions in terms of what's happening. Uh, I hope so. In, you know, Tamara, I was guest hosting uh, the Ezra Levant show last night. My monologue was about the 50th anniversary of game eight of the summit series between Canada and the USSR, uh, which was yesterday. That was the, uh, the date where Paul Henderson scored that, historic goal in the dying seconds of game eight for Canada to come back and win the series. And, you know, it was far more than an eight game exhibition hockey series between the USSR and Canada. It was us versus them, communism versus capitalism, democracy versus tyranny. And my point, Tamara, is even though it was just 10 years old at the time in 1972, how much freer are we as Canadians in 2022 under the Justin Trudeau Liberals? I ask that because the USSR was all about tyranny. We were all about democracy. And yet, what have we seen in recent months? Canadians' bank accounts being frozen because they donated to a politically incorrect charitable cause. Canadians, including ex-law enforcement personnel, having their... Uh, you know, phones and computers wiretapped secretly by the attorney general to spy on their conversations because uh, they were seen at a, a freedom rally. Um, Tamara Leach being imprisoned. Uh, the list goes on and on. And I just think it's perversely ironic, Tamara, that we were going up against the tyranny of the Soviet Union some 50 years ago. And isn't it odd how bits and pieces of that failed despotic empire have now come to Canada under the Justin Trudeau liberals, wiretapping, arresting people without cause, freezing our bank accounts. This is the stuff of tyranny, not democracy. And I just find it so shameful um, how we've declined in a half century thanks to this sociopath, I would call him, in office, and that would be indeed Prime Minister Blackface McGroper. Anyway, uh, I think we have another ad break uh, to get to before we speak out about some other wokeism going on in school boards. Jeez, I wonder which school board that could be. So let's run that ad and uh, we'll get back to business right after this.
Adam Sos here for Rebel News. You know, our company is growing quickly and we'd actually like for your company to grow too. That's why this ad space that I'm speaking through right now is actually available for you to purchase. So instead of people listening to me, they could actually be learning about your company, learning about your business. If this interests you, if this is an opportunity you'd like to capitalize on, send us an email at ads at rebelnews.com. You know, Tamara, um, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I was a big fan of the Wendy's campaign in the 80s with Clara Peller, the little old lady going, where's the beef? It became an iconic phrase in pop culture. I never thought I would live to see the day where um, we have a shirt called uh, not where's the beef, but free the beef, meaning that there's these draconian regulations that farmers are subjected to. And the big picture, uh, of course, is uh, the likes of the WEF and the UN saying to people, uh, you know what, put that hamburger down and have a cricket sandwich. Or how about some uh, mealworms on a bun? Um, you know, Tamara, it, it is. Oh, by the way, not that close Schwab is going to stop eating that filet mignon in the back of his stretch limousine, that chauffeur driven. Um, it doesn't that say so much that where's the beef uh, morphs into free the beef? Right. I think that was part of a campaign where the liberals were trying to institute warning labels yes. on Canadian beef, similar to what you would have seen on the cigarette packaging, right? This this is detrimental to your health and who yeah. knows what kind of radical far left um, virtue signaling packaging they would have came up with, but it didn't end up passing. And yeah. so we still have those great shirts. I think they're really cute and nifty, um, but that whole campaign didn't end up going being seen to fruition thank goodness because there was so much backlash from canadians i mean this is a huge market for alberta and and why wouldn't canadians source their own beef rather than who knows what hormone replacement beef filled junk comes from the united states but um but they wanted to really we wanted to keep canadian beef you know pure and free and so we launched that campaign and luckily the, the liberals got the hint that Canadians weren't impressed and they didn't go ahead with the warning labels. But regardless, we still have those short shirts up and I love them. I think they're really cute and yeah. completely agree. We buy all of our beef from a local farmer and I couldn't imagine purchasing it with some sort of weird warning label uh, that this is, this is disastrous to your health. Meanwhile, crickets are the new rage. Yeah. And Tamara, you, you make a very profound point. It's not always all doom and gloom, isn't it? There are little victories here and there along the way when we go up against tyranny and bureaucratic bureaucratic nonsense. And this is one of them. They were going to go away, ahead, as you mentioned, Tamara, with cigarette package-like warning labels on beautiful uh, Canadian beef. Can you imagine? And there was such an uprising that... That program was dismissed, and it's the old proverb, isn't it, Tamara? Um, all that's necessary for evil to take lease is for good men to do nothing. And people rose up, and this ridiculous program was vanquished. But trust me, folks, uh, the powers that be still don't like the fact that we're carnivorous, and there'll be other attacks on beef uh, in the future. And uh, so if you have one of those shirts... Keep it at the ready because uh, they're not done trying to change our menus. And speaking of 
something kind of related to that in terms of wokeism. Look at that. A former NDP MP speaks out against woke school boards. Tamara Ugolini, what is this all about? You know, I think that this is a big part of uh, the far left overplaying their hand, as you've already mentioned, a freezing bank accounts and jailing Métis grandmothers. They've really overplayed into the woke culture. And even the woke people are starting to go, wait a minute, this is way too far for any sort of normal civil society. Um, so this a former NDP MP is criticizing woke school boards over several recent controversies, saying the actions of the school boards are giving conservatives ammunition. Uh, this comes after a Twitter post from Aaron Weir, who was the Regina Louvain MP from 2015 to 2019, and a member of the federal NDP party from the same time, oh, from 2015 to 2018, referred to uh, the case of Carolyn Burjowski, a Waterloo, Ontario teacher who was ejected from the school board meeting in January 22 after raising concerns about age appropriateness of sexual content contained in some of the library books. Yeah, you think? Um, and then he goes on to list uh, another case of Mike Ramsey, who was uh, also on that school board, who was kind of backing Carolyn, um, and then was, was later suspended from participating in school meetings for several months for allegedly violating their trustee code of conduct. And then the topping to the cake is something, obviously, you've been reporting heavily on, is this teacher at Oakville, <laughs> Yes. Who you've come up with this kind pet name for Busty Lemieux, Kayla Lemieux. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> this shop sounds like, teacher. Sounds like a burlesque performer from uh, yesterday, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it's a new drag name, Busty Lemieux. Um, so this has gained international attention and sparked controversy over the issue. And the back, the school board has received backlash for its stance, and that's ongoing. So you're probably you're the best person to comment on this, David. Um, yeah. What do you think about this NDP coming out and denouncing this wokeism that's infiltrating and apparently fueling and giving ammunition to conservatives? Well, you know, um, the thing is, I think when you are an NDP MP or former one, at least, Tamara, uh, ringing the alarm bell about wokeism, we have achieved a jump the shark moment in terms of how incredibly crazy these school boards have gone. You mentioned uh, Busty Lemieux at um, uh, Oakville Trafalgar High School. If you're not aware of the uh, story, folks, um, and I can't believe you would be unaware because it's been getting publicity for uh, all around the world, Australia, India, the UK, you name it. Uh, not our own mainstream media, by the way. They're ignoring this because they're usually down with radical transgenderism, but even they know that something is not quite right regarding Mr. Lemieux turning into Miss Kayla Lemieux. And But here's the thing, Tamara, instead of investigating like we are, they're ignoring the story. They're burying the story with just few exceptions. The thing is, folks, this individual is ostensibly uh, transitioning to the other gender, male to female. And I would argue that if this was a genuine transition, he would not be doing what he's doing. There you go. Um, that's what this individual looks like. I know you, the, uh, the idea of the, the tragedy that was the Hindenburg springs to mind. 
Um, but the, th the fact is, I think most in the trans community, if not all, when they transitioned to Mara from male to female or vice versa, they were doing it in a very subtle way. They want to blend in. I bet you and I have been in rooms where there was a trans individual and we didn't know that that person was born in the other gender. Um, this guy is doing something that is so over the top. It's like an outlandish drag queen show, if you will. Um, he, those enormous fake breasts with the protruding fake nipples through see-through blouses, the long outlandish uh, wig, the short, tight bicycle short shorts. Um, this He's making a spectacle out of himself. So we have to think about the unspoken strategy here, Tamara. I don't think this is someone who is transitioning in a genuine fashion. I think it is one of two things, and until we can get uh, Mr. Lemieux to fess up, we'll only have to speculate. One is there's been some chatter on social media that this fellow has run afoul of the educrats. He was mocking gender-neutral bathrooms, wokeism, etc., and was close to being fired. So could it be, Tamara, that this is a prank of cosmic proportions, that he is saying, okay, you love your wokeism, you love your transgenderism, check this out. In which case, I think Mr. Lemieux might be more of a hero than a villain. The second theory, and it's either one of the two, I'm absolutely convinced of that, Tamara, is that this individual is mentally ill. And if so, he needs care and compassion. He needs to see a psychiatrist. We have to help this individual. Those are the only two things that make sense, Tamara. I don't for a single second think this individual in a genuine fashion is trying to pass himself off as female. What are your thoughts as a 100% biological woman? No, I, I agree that the, the whole mockery of the transgender, the radical transgender movement is a plausible story. I mean, who better than a typically toxic masculinity bearing shop teacher to take on this mockery of a transition um, while completely disavowing all of your standard shop safety measures, right? With the long sleeves and yep. the long hair and the grotesque breasts in way by way of the bandsaw in the shorts. Um, the whole thing just doesn't, it can't be real because it is so grotesque yeah. and unsafe in a shop environment. But, you know, Sheila and I discussed this also um, on the live stream earlier this week. Uh, and she said, you know, regardless, this is still putting on a front that includes innocent children and youth. Yes. And so even if it is a troll effort, and I really appreciated her perspective in that way, because I tend to agree that if you want to make a mockery of this situation and highlight just how absolutely absurd and insane it is, maybe there was no other way, but you're still engaging with those innocent children and youth and those young impressionable boys. And I still don't think that that is, is morally right or just, but again, we're living in upside down bizarro world. So sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. You, you know, you and are there's no other logical explanation here. 
You're 100% right, Tamara. And here's the problem for Mr. Lemieux. If this is indeed a prank on the school board, he cannot come clean. If he does say, you know what, this was just me getting back at your wokeism, he will be, first of all, fired with cause. Secondly, the people that are already upset with him will remain upset. But the, you know, transgender mafia community, as I call them, the LGBTQ uh, people, they will go to DEFCON 4. They will go to war because they're defending this. And if they find out they've been mocked that this was a ruse, a sham, a con, they will do everything in their power to cancel this guy as in forever. So um, if he, I, I think if it is a prank uh, and he feels that he's made his point, the only way out for him is to, again, pluck something from the woke community, which is, well, yeah, I was transitioning to female, but guess what? I'm actually discovering I'm gender fluid. So I'm going back to being a male for a time. I might be a woman later and maybe a smaller <laughs> breasted woman. But for now, uh, I'm a male. He can if it is a prank, I'm saying to Mary, he cannot fess up. And the second thing is, you know, I'm not a woman, but I've been told by my female friends that if you had a woman who developed breasts that large, unless you were in the adult entertainment business or a stripper, um, you are going to get those surgically reduced just because of the inherent back pain. And I would even argue those in the, you know, the sex trade business that are using those as a selling point, once their career is over, they get them reduced too. Um, it, it, is there any truth to that, Tamara? Yeah, well, exactly. This is definitely has to be into fetish country because there's no yeah. other, like I already said, logical explanation for that grotesque theater of womanhood. No real woman would ever want to have such grotesque melons hanging off the front of them. Um, there's no way that can be good for your posture. And so it has to be a mockery, a mockery or again, this weird perverse fetish that you are now cosplaying with innocent young males. It's just so gross, the whole thing. But back to this article where the NDP MP speaks yeah. out, the former NDP MP. Um, the, last, the last paragraph says, across Ontario, a growing number of candidates who say politics and ideology should be kept out of classrooms are running for school board trustee positions as the October 24th municipal election date looms. And that's been my experience on the ground speaking to people is that so many individuals are so fed up with how far left radical these people have become. And this indoctrination has become infiltrating into our systems that they're starting to stand up and speak up and run for these positions. Um, so I think that we're heading into the municipal elections. We're going to see those people who are saying enough is enough. And we're taking now this into our own hands and running as trustee or in the municipal council. Uh, we're going to see them, hopefully, the tide turn and a sway toward people who approach this with a more balanced, rational mindset that let's keep the politics and the ideology out of our school systems and focus on the ABCs and the one, two, threes, because here in Ontario, especially our children are 
insanely behind in their education after two years of rolling lockdowns, thanks to the Doug Ford allegedly conservative government, who (laughs) we saw the longest school closures in anywhere out of all of Canada and arguably North America and the world as a whole here in Ontario. So our kids are really falling behind in their basic, you know, the, the, the three R's. Um, so we need to focus on that and get this radical far left wokeism out of the schools. Absolutely. Tamara, you make a very important point here on October 24th, Ontario municipalities, uh, that's when the election is, um, Here's the thing. The turnout will be brutally low, par for the course. I never understand that, Tamara, because the government that affects you most directly as a citizen is the municipal government. They're they're the ones picking up the trash, running the waterworks, plowing the roads, fixing the potholes. Why wouldn't you have an interest on the decision makers there? But even worse is school board trustee. Many people don't even bother to vote, even if they're in the voting vote, they're not paying attention. And yet these are mm-hmm. the people that have control over your children. And again, uh, much like how that uh, beef warning campaign went down to demise, I speak of glimmers of hope out there that it's not all doom and gloom. And Tamara, we need only look back last year in the great state of Virginia, when Parents packed school board meetings. They were sick and tired of radical wokeism being shoved down their children's throats, such as critical race theory and uh, radical transgenderism and even Marxism. And the position of school board trustee, that is the lowest elected level in our democracy that there is. But look what happened in Virginia, Tamara. This thing built like a tidal wave to the point where there was regime change last November where Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, the incumbent governor, was supposed to walk away with it. And instead, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, he is now the new governor of Virginia. What I'm saying here is if somebody is running for school trustee and they come door knocking and even if they don't reach out to them on their website, and ask them, do you agree with this nonsense that's happening at Oakville Trafalgar High School? Do you agree that um, people can be canceled simply for raising an impolite question about appropriate reading material for elementary school age children? Because if the answer is yes, you know you now know who not to vote for. And you know, Tamara, at the PPC-led uh, protest, regarding Busty Lemieux last Sunday in Burlington, uh, I came across a lovely lady. She's running for school trustee in the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board. Um, Her position, her literature, it's all, it's promoting free speech and it's denouncing uh, wokeism. That is the school board trustee I would vote for. So arm yourself, folks, with information I think maybe because you are already tuned into the Rebel News live stream, you're already ahead of most people who are completely disengaged uh, from municipal elections. But I think more important than ever, given this upcoming election, Tamara, find out who's who in the zoo. Find out who supports what and then vote accordingly. What happened in Virginia can happen here, but it needs a critical mass to get that ball rolling. 
Well, and I think we're starting to see that reality check coming, you know, as we've already touched on the inflation and the, uh, the, the financial harms being thrust onto Canadian families. And now this story out of Oakville Trafalgar, I think people are starting to see, you know what, we've been passive for way too long and we need to start paying more attention and getting involved. So I think, I hope we're starting to see that now. And that's, that election's coming up in uh, less than four weeks. So I guess we'll find out more then, but we are running out of time. We're four yes. minutes um, away from one o'clock. So let's just get to this video because we had it in the headline okay. of Italy's new conservative yeah. prime minister um, sharing her take on French prime minister Macron after he called Italians disgusting. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel Macron ci ha definiti vomitevoli, cinici, irresponsabili. E qui la stampa italiana a dire, eh, hai visto che ha detto Macron, che siamo irresponsabili. Vergogna. Irresponsabili Emmanuel Macron sono quelli che hanno bombardato la Libia perché gli dava fastidio che l'Italia avesse un rapporto privilegiato in campo energetico con Gheddafi esponendoci al caos migrazione nel quale ci troviamo cinici Emmanuel Macron sono i francesi che mandano la gendarmerie a rispedire indietro qualunque immigrato tenti di passare il confine a Ventimiglia ma soprattutto perché le cose vanno raccontate come si deve vomitevole e chi co- Bono, che lo vuoi di tu? Ci hai mai tolto il padre? Vomite- vomitevole. E chi, come la Francia, continua a sfruttare l'Africa stampando moneta per 14 nazioni africane sulle quali applica il signoraggio, facendo lavorare bambini nelle miniere estraendo materie prime come accade in Niger dove la Francia estrae il 30% dell'uranio che gli serve a far camminare le centrali nucleari e il 90% dei nigerini vive senza elettricità non ci venire a fare lezioni Macron perché l'Africa scappa da voi e la soluzione non è spostare gli africani in Europa è liberare l'Africa da certi europei non accettiamo lezioni Chiaro? Wow, Tamara, I love this woman. She reminds me of an Italian version of Margaret Thatcher uh, during the 1980s. And for Mr. Macron, uh, he should be aware when it comes to denigrating others. Well, what's that old joke, um, Tamara, about France? Why are there so many tree-lined boulevards in France? Do you know the answer to that question? I'm not familiar. It's so the Germans can march in the shade, you see. Uh, you know, so here, you know, this and just think about that. An identifiable group, Italians in this case, being labeled as disgusting. I thought this is completely against what the woke left stands for. If, even if you see a 500 pound person, you're not allowed to say, uh, I think that guy's fat. That's fat shaming. So this mm-hmm. guy 
can say Italians are disgusting? This is unbelievable. Has he apologized yet for this? Yeah, I don't believe so, but it sounds a little bit racist and maybe even perhaps xenophobic to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Italian PM is just an absolute powerhouse. That speech, I mean, the Italian language, that kind of speaks for itself. She can get really intense there. Um, but the power behind her speech and the words, and I hope that the translation is is on point and accurate, but um, I find it really funny that there's no one from the woke left congratulating this first female prime minister on her new role. No, because they're all running scared because she's calling a spade a spade and denouncing these policies that these other prime ministers are instituting while simultaneously criticizing Italy for theirs. Um, so I love someone who can attest to what they're doing with sound evidence and context to back it up, you know, as she was saying about the way that the friend that France is treating Africa. So I thought that was an absolute powerhouse of a show. And again, it further speaks to the fact that none of these you know, women equality lovers yeah. are congratulating her in her new role. Tamara, has uh, Prime Minister Blackface McGroper uh, congratulated her yet? I, I think as of yesterday, I don't believe he had sent words of congratulations. Uh, I don't know if anything's changed uh, since I went to bed last night, but I don't think so. I would say to Prime Minister Trudeau, th this is somebody who would be part of the deplorable fringe uh, you know, that he denounces, uh, given her politics. How shameful. Yeah, this the she session lover has not made any comment um, <laughs> announcing or congratulating the new Italian prime minister. So with that, though, we're at 101 and we have a couple super chats to get through. So okay. I'm just going to read through them really quickly. Um, Angel of Sorrow gives $5. Thank you very much. The carbon slash climate taxation is obviously just a cash grab. They complain about the strain on the electric grid, but then they build thousands of charging stations that will increase demand for fossil fuels to power the turbines to meet those demands. Then they'll still complain about fossil fuels. Well, yeah. You know what, Tamara? I had a monologue about the so-called EV evolution, and uh, I'm not against EV vehicles, but... We have to keep in mind one of the reasons why four out of every 10 new car releases are now fully electric. It isn't because of what the market's demanding in a free market economy. It's because of government regulation. Case in point, California in 2035, it's not that far away, you will, it will be illegal to sell an internal combustion engine in that state. Do you know, Tamara, there's 14.2 million vehicles in California Governor Newsom wants them all to go electrified. And in the here and now, uh, there are roving brownouts and blackouts in California because the grid can't um, sustain the demand. Secondly, uh, California has one remaining nuclear power plant. Reactor number one is getting shut down next year. Reactor number two is getting shut down in 2024. So they're actually reducing the power capabilities as they're increasing the demand on the grid. I think California is going to be a disaster come 2035, Tamara. And it's so shameful that I think it's about 17 states, um, the likes of New York State, Washington State. So, of course, blue states are looking at mimicking California's 2035 deadline 
for uh, the internal combustion engine cars. Uh, this is insanity, Tamara. Mm -hmm. Well, even sooner than that, in Australia, there were, is an Australian bank announced that as of 2025, so that's only three years away, it will stop funding loans for new gas and diesel cars. What? So you won't even, yeah, in Australia, um, an Australian bank there has decided that they will no longer fund your loan for a gas or diesel engine uh, to encourage the shift to electric vehicles. Oh, well, Three years from now. You know what, Tamara? They're encouraging a shift, all right. If I was an Australian <laughs> living in Australia and I was banking with that bank. Thank you so much for your honesty in terms of your wokeism and your climate change rubbish, because I'm closing my accounts and I'm shifting to a bank X uh, to do banking mm -hmm. with them. I don't want anything to do with you. I w we should follow that story and see if this, you know, I mean, banking is all about the bottom line, isn't it, Tamara? And yeah, we should I'll see if, if, if this is going to lead to an influx of new customers, or what I suspect, people closing their bank accounts en masse. Let's hope it's the latter. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that, I, I wish that people would do stuff like that because money talks. If you take your money elsewhere, yep. that speaks louder than any other action or word that you can say. Uh, so money talks and keep that in mind. And I think that when these businesses start to impose these things and, you know, go cashless and things like that, then stop spending your money there. Take your yep. accounts elsewhere and make mindful choices in terms of where you're putting your support and your money. I think that will speak louder than anything else. Oh, I um, hope that bank endures a 1929 style run on the bank. People <laughs> lined up outside because then they'll listen. And then let's see if they're going ahead with this uh, anti-fossil fuels uh, program. You know, stick to banking. Don't get involved in politics. Don't get involved in, you know, changing the social norms of people. You're bankers. You're not politicians. So stick to what you know with. C1CAS gives $5 if Lemieux is actually pushing back. Then, oh, sorry, I missed one. Kenzie67 uh, gives $5. Thank you. Russell Brand's new live show on Rumble clashes with yours. Boobs McGee is doing a service highlighting ridiculousness. Love mm. you guys. Yeah, Thank we you. said that. We said that as well. Um, it just points out the complete absurdity of how far left this has gone. Um, so C1 CAS gives $5. If Lemieux is actually pushing back, <laughs> then those may not be mammaries, but cajonies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of uh, uh, geographic um, wrongness there, I suppose. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, like I said, more hero than villain. But if that is indeed the case, I think he's made the point. And uh because as you said, uh, Tamarin, as our colleague Sheila said, the collateral damage here are students that just want to learn yeah. shop and not be subjected to this ongoing drag queen show. And again, with all the safety regulations being broken, that seems to be, I think, Lemieux daring the Halton District School Board to come in because mm -hmm. now this is just a Ministry of Education issue. Where's the Ministry of Labor that looks over this kind of stuff, right? Um, we should follow up on that too. We have video evidence and photographic evidence of every rule in the book 
vis-a-vis uh, -vis workshop etiquette being broken. Why aren't you saying anything? Yeah, the Ministry of Safety, OSHA, where are all these supposed to uphold safety yeah. and uh, and shop standards? Where are all of them during yeah. this absolute chaos? Uh, one more super chat, DRB1313 gives $10. Election riding redistribution is on. Some of the woke insanity, Parkdale High Park to be renamed Tayakayon. High Park, how the heck do you say Tayak? Uh, I can't even say it. Uh, rich part of riding doesn't get wokeified. Odd. Yeah, DRB1313, uh, you are quite right. Uh, the school was already quietly renamed over the summer. It used to be called Queen Victoria. Uh, oh, we can't have that. That's too colonialist. That's too imperialist. That's too white supremacist. So they've named it after two people, uh, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, it's kind of even if these people are merit to have something named after them, why do they have to share the same school? But it is the Toronto District School Board. Um, you can't find a more woke school board this side of the Halton District School Board yeah. in Canada. And yeah, they um, well, basically, they got rid of the queen. And it's incredible, uh, Tamara, we were since the day after Labor Day, We've been meaning to go down to that school to do streeters with the parents to see how they feel about this. It's either been a weather event or some breaking news that's kept me from going there. But I promise in the days ahead, we will go there. We'll reach out to the parents. Who knows? In that part of the city, folks, they might be perfectly okay by saying uh, adios to Queen Victoria. But let's go out there and ask them and um, see what they have to say. Any more Super Chats, my friend? I think that's it for the day. We're almost 10 minutes over. So if you want to give up the, the wrap, I think that's a wrap. I shall indeed. So folks, thank you so much for tuning in, especially a, a extra special thanks to those who gave us some do-re-mi. It's how we keep these bright lights on. We're not taking them out of your bank account on a uh, Rogers direct withdrawal program like the mainstream media does. And a thank you, of course, to uh, Olivia behind the boards. There'll be two other Rebel News reporters in this space at this time tomorrow. And in the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. Hey, everyone. William Diaz here with Rebel News. So uh, you saw last week I did a video where I went and questioned conservative MPs about economic issues, about what they believe their priorities should be as an MP heading into this parliamentary session, uh, how, what they think of Pierre Polyev and what they think of Pierre Polyev's leadership team. But what you didn't see is that I also caught some liberal MPs that were walking around. I caught Chris Biddle and I caught some other ones. So I will let you watch how they answered. Well, actually, I'm not going to lie to you. They didn't really answer anything because they're liberal MPs. So let's just look at the interactions. Are you scared of having a quality of leadership uh, challenge the liberal party? You know, some of the liberal MPs says that the party needs to be less woke. Do you agree with that? Frankly, I don't even know what it means to be to, 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 to be woke. Do you agree with that, uh, Mr. Biddle?